Hello and welcome to the Presenting Complaint Podcast with me, Adam Norton, and me, Dr. G. Oh, there was a little little delay in that one. Or was it the live? Because, I oh, I'll tell you why. <laughs> You're such, you actually pick on everything. I've got to tell you why, and I think it's because I'm right. Because I was thinking, um, I, well, I've got a lot of, you know, people now in Cardiff starting to listen. And it's really oh. nice to be coming out saying hi and stuff. It's really good. Oh. And I kind of thinking, like, especially whenever we touch on, I know that I love them. They're all great. Um, mm-hmm. And they've all been positive. No one's sort of oh, outed very, me yet. Very kind. Um, yeah, and they and they like your perspective because a lot of them again are fifth years as well, and they want to know what FD is going to be like. So mm-hmm. um, they said a little bit about you, but mainly about me. Of course. Of and course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was thinking in our introductions, it would be nice to say our current titles, you know, to so that people because sometimes people see like an episode that they really want to see, and we've got a, a, a fantastic guest that we brought on. They only just shipping for that one so i think it just adds nice context so yes but how, how yeah that is a really good idea but how are we going to fit it in because i feel like we've got a little yeah. role going so we'd need i don't know because well, so, some because some um, podcasts have like a a pre kind of like hello and welcome to the podcast with the two yeah, really, I know. but uh, i feel like that's we a, can bit, do that. it's a bit ah, i don't know i don't like it. it i always just skip past it i'd like a little jingle at the start of our podcast like a mm. cool like jazz Oh, like that! One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set the tone, you know, because because mm. we're chill. You know, everyone always asks, you know, oh, what's the podcast about and stuff. And I'm like, you know, it's just it's just a general chat, yeah. a general chat. We can we we we. I tell about the theme of us reflecting, but then we could go clinical. We could not go clinical. Like it was usually me crying about something, and you know, mm. so so. You know, well, well, we'll think of that off air for the next episode to to sprinkle the yeah. introduction I'm a bit. Just yeah, but we've got if it, there yeah. is anyone new. Mm. Well, if there's anyone new, my name's Sina. Uh, I like to go by Dr. G, and I'm doing dental core training in Cardiff. Oh, it's the other way around now, because you introduce yourself first, which never happens. I know, so yeah, it's so not no. that easy, is it, going no, second? No, 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 no. And uh, yeah, I'm Adam. Uh, I'm a foundation dentist, foundation trainee dentist in um, up in the lovely northeast, up in Catterick, uh, which is an army garrison. Um, and yeah, it's it's going well. <laughs> yeah and if you're it new is. here well m- me and adam just like to have a general chat uh and we're getting a lot more guests on recently which i've really enjoyed uh-huh. it's also nice though to sort of come back to the roots a little bit and just Definitely. chat together yeah i feel yeah, like we yeah. can almost reflect on the episodes that we've had because we've had some amazing guests on that i've learned so much from and mainly i don't know maybe it's reflected from the questions i asked them but i feel like i'm always trying to ask them questions to compare myself and and see like okay are they feeling the same as me is it yeah did they have these doubts it makes me feel a lot more at ease whenever these people who are doing fantastic work on instagram are like yeah bro look at this what i just did you know Uh things like they show their failures when they come on you know um so i've been really enjoying the guests that we've had on and i'm excited for the guests that we're going to have on as well 100% 100% mate. yeah it, it, it just and, I, and I've mentioned this before it's nothing new but it really humanizes all these people who you think are absolute bulletproof and absolute superstars and producing wonderful dentistry on Instagram and you know you, you speak to them and they've had the, the exact same struggles as you and even now if they're in a, a great place you know just like um, we had uh, Tiller Talks Teeth on uh, he's producing mm-hmm. amazing work, but he was, you know, so open with us and said, like, I did this. He showed us the the X-ray of, of um, 
deep margin elevation he did today, which hadn't quite yeah. gone to plan. And, you know, basically just showing... And the, the thing that everyone knows is that no one's posting that to their Instagram, you know. Uh, I yeah. know I've spoken before, I do... I think I've, I must have to, I've do so many GICs these days because either you know, the temporizing up or the patient isn't properly mm. composite, the patient doesn't want amalgam or, or so, can't, so like, many. Or you can't isolate and all these yeah. things. It's and, just like, oh, um, let me just, let me just put this GIC It was like root caries in. or like buckle <laughs> yeah, caries yeah. that it's impossible to reach, no retention in the cavity. Yeah. And that's like a lot of my day at the minute, but it's, it's not, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not going to be going on Instagram. It's not beautiful work. And I'm sure for for all these other dentists as well. And that was a trap I fell into, was thinking these dentists I see that every case, and probably George, for George the dentist it is, he might see, I, I don't yeah. want to put, you know, put words in his mouth, or, but I'm assuming he sees like five patients a day and they're all kind of posterior, yeah. quadrant, onlay, direct composite, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if you're not at his level and you're just working in, in kind of general practice, you might be mm-hmm. doing maybe one a week, two a week of these beautiful cases, but um, yeah. the rest of the week is is general dentistry. And even if you're doing privately, it's general dentistry is general dentistry, and you still have the same patients and the same stresses and you know the same strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. as as everyone else. So yeah, it's it's I, I love I love having the people on, um, especially people who who are um, only a few years you know um, ahead of where me and Cena are. Some of them are the same. Um, years graduated as Cena, um, and mm-hmm. you know they can relate to where we're at in dentistry. They're having the same struggles, and um, it it's it's often you know they say that you you know you want to learn from people who are only a few stages ahead of you because as I said they can relate to you and they can understand your your kind of yeah. predicament. Whereas uh, you know you speak to someone who's sixty, seventy, obviously you know or whatever fifty and the amazing de- practitioners but sometimes i think you know then a lot of people felt like at dental school and i i imagine it must be so um yeah. frustrating for some tutors in phantom head labs when you know like especially like so mm-hmm. in second year third year when you're doing like your cavity preps and your composites and you know you must look but they must look at some of the stuff that comes up i know definitely my work when i used to take it from the like <laughs> how the like the, you just can't like once you can drill a cavity and you can do a lovely composite especially on a phantom head like i yeah. just don't think you can then compute back to like how someone can't do it and you just don't have that same relationship but obviously a fifth year and a fourth mm. year can kind of quite easily step back a year or two and and go that and it's the exact same i think all the way through your career and you're always going to be a, a beginner at something like my supervisor educational supervisors currently doing training in orthodontics and you know most people they'll go and do a training implants and you're always then doing your first mm-hmm. set of braces or you do your first implant or you're doing your first deep marginal elevation so you're always a beginner in, in something in dentistry, um, which is nice. Which is well, very nice. Yeah, it is nice. It can make it go insane. But if you actually step <laughs> back and look at it like that, it's absolutely nice. Do you start getting bored of something? Well, just dip your toes in another aspect of dentistry, you know. Um, but anyway, Adam, you've been, what is it, four, five months now you're into DFT? Yeah, four, 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 and, four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Four and a half, almost five. Yes. And you've had your Christmas break, which... So like you had a lovely one, I did. and hopefully you had a bit of a rest. Now you're coming back into New Year, how is it being a DFT? Do you do you feel like anything's changed at all? I think my I'm definitely just more at home being a dentist than I've ever been. Um, nice. I, I, my my exams 
just the like the basic routines of daily dentistry you know building i feel like i'm just i come across a lot more secure um to patients i'm a lot more confident i've got my like, pattern down of how i structure my exams and I, I mean i had you can have that fight quite early on but now it's just like set and you're just recognizing things straight away you're seeing these patterns um and the basics of of kind of communication treatment planning i feel like you know i'm doing well i think the the biggest thing that i'm i'm kind of taking on is like individualizing and i've mentioned this before and it's something i started after really really bad at is kind of taking the time to understand the patient and individualizing the treatment plan to them and i think that's the thing that's got me in the most mess of anything so far is mm not doing that especially early on and I'd, I'd have patients coming in and I'd, I'd look at my treatment plan and then they'd come back and either just tooth wise it wasn't the right yeah. choice to do but i'd still jump into it or personality wise for the patient mm. it just wasn't the right thing to, to to do rubber dam and to do at this really difficult deep filling when if i'd have probably spoke to the patient the, the you know I, you know it and there's, the, there's that balance between um supervised neglect and i know you talk a lot about that but a lot of these patients when yeah. you when you talk to them if you say there's you know you've got a bit of a hole here um it's cleansable you're cleaning it well there's no decay um you know do you want it filling up or or not um a lot of them if they're quite relaxed and they're, they're aware of it they're, they're happy to just keep it under observation you can bring them back in three months bring them back yeah, in six yeah, months yeah especially those Whereas, ones with like those little erosive pits and things yes yeah that's the same yeah mm -hmm. but I think at the start of FD I saw any problem and I was like yeah. what's the optimal solution to this so if I saw a mm -hmm. crack in a molar tooth with a big amalgam I'd be like you need an onlay if I saw yeah. Uh, any hole I'd be wanting to fill it with composite if I had any posterior filling I was like rubber dam composite so yeah just yeah. just taking that time to speak to the patient always offer keep under observation explain mm -hmm. you know really explaining and taking the time so that they understand you know once they've kind of agreed to the, and any obviously they can withdraw consent at any time but once we've started drilling the tooth and we've gone in there um you know, it's 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 kind of my problem now as as much as their problem because I, mm. I you know I've jumped jumped into something. Um, so you know, if I, if I'm gonna do a root canal, especially on a molar tooth that's fairly broken down, you know, I really take the time and say it's gonna be long appointments with rubber dam. Um, you know, we're gonna have to remove all the tooth structure remaining, yeah. and then we're gonna have to see firstly if it's restorable. That could be quite a long session then you know we're gonna to have to find all these tiny canals within the route there could be three or four of them i might be bringing you back for three or four long appointments there's lots of complications and it's not mm -hmm. to to scare them out of doing the root canal but i think then if it's all about setting expectations for the patient and then anything that happens yeah. you're not like oh shh i didn't um, I didn't explain that didn't well say. enough. Or I didn't mm. get, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've missed something there. So I think it's just being more thorough <laughs> and having that. Then, you know, I'm like, I've, I've spoken. We've kind of built that. We've built the treatment plan in partnership, and I know that's something a lot of people talk about together. We've kind of built what we're doing together, and it's a joint thing. And then anything that happens, at least we, we I've not kind of dictated that choice to them. We've built it together through kind of shared values and goals and mm -hmm. understanding what's best for the patient at the end of the day so that's that's been the biggest 
thing for me and that's starting to um take i think it just takes the stress out of the situation because you're very upfront early on yes and if the patient doesn't want a root canal absolutely then that's great you know it's not like oh you, you don't have to be a superhero dentist and save every tooth you don't and you don't you know have to take every tooth out it's what the patient wants to do and as long as they know mm-hmm. the prognosis the risks and you've contented them fully um it's good and i think that just comes mm-hmm. with practice as well i think early on straight out of dental school it's not something you're used to doing i think you'd get the tutor over and they'd go oh what do you think of this and they'd be like well you probably should uh do a root canal or you should probably do this and you just do it and the patient kind of goes along with it but obviously when you when you're yes an individual practicing it's, it's very different so that's that's been the big thing for me recently it's 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 hard isn't it because especially in dental school we're taught all the time that that key word is always thrown in your face holistic care you know be holistic with the mm. patient treat the patient not the teeth and that's all well and good saying that but it's quite difficult to practice that for two things one when you're in dental school where you're there to treat there's definitely Mm -hmm. and unfortunately with the culture that we have of getting totals in dental school there absolutely is is a problem there where we push on treatment that either the patient doesn't exactly want or maybe it's a bit more than the patient needs and and that's and that's something that is a very difficult thing to on one hand assess a dental Mm -hmm. student's um competency but at the same time provide the patient with the care that we're you know enforced on you know that's best for them so it's hard to practice that and then so that's on one hand the second thing is that when you're when you're young and the way we get taught in dental school unfortunately it's it is better to teach through flow charts to teach if you have this scenario you do this if that mm-hmm. doesn't work then yeah. you do this yeah. if this doesn't work you do this that's dentistry is so complicated there's so many things to think about there's so many options available you can't help but make things into flow charts and unfortunately until then you get enough practice and as you're saying adam i had the same thing i, I saw work coming back in three month reviews or six month reviews and thinking oh god i'm like maybe maybe that wasn't the best call like i could have watched that you know or some things mm-hmm. that i watched and said oh actually yeah. you I, I should, definitely should treat that and it, it comes with practice it comes with making mistakes but you nailed it on the head where I feel much more at ease. I feel like I'm not practicing defensive dentistry as much when I just tell them there's these are the options. You have this option, mm-hmm. but beware of this. And you have this option, but beware of this. What do you want? So a lot of the time, funny enough, in uh, I get to practice that every day in the emergency, emergency dental uh-huh. where there's a tooth that's messed up and if it's restorable i will obviously give those options i said i can take out the nerve for you but you need to find a dentist that's going to do this and they have to do this this is what to expect if you get that done or i can take it out for you today you're going to lose a tooth but you're also going to lose the pain as well that comes with it um where's your head at i so before i i think something that i struggle in fd is like when am i giving too much information when Mm -hmm. am i just talking at the patient so i always start off with that i generalize the options i say yes this is a root for this tooth can get a root canal to save it but it's very timely and it has its risks or i can take it out yeah and that, like that can also has its risk depending on the situation. First of all, where, what are you leaning towards? And straight away, someone could be like, yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. I've lost teeth before. And, and honestly, like this has been keeping me up the whole time. Then uh, I'm happy to have it taken out. And then in those circumstances as well, I always say, okay, are you sure? Because if you're not sure 
and you're thinking with a brain full of pain, then let me at least get you out of pain and we can revisit this. Now, that Absolutely. doesn't so much happen in emergency dental because we just need to get rid of the problem. Uh-huh. But in practice, that's a very, very good thing to do. Yeah. Say, look, I'm just worried if you're on the fence, let me at least just get rid of the pain. We'll get you back for a full exam and we can discuss about it then when you're not in pain and you've had a bit of a think about it. Yeah, that's a really lovely point. And I, that and I do, from just vomiting. I do something very similar in practice with my silver and white fillings. Just just that yes. kind of, like, uh, straight away, you know, for material choices for a permanent filling, we have a mm. silver filling, we have a white filling. Straight away, do you have any inclination of them? Because there's no point, as mm-hmm. you're saying, going into the silver filling is not bonded to the tooth. Yes. It doesn't stick, but we we kind of can do it quickly and nothing needs to be yeah, dry. And the, 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 right. white, yeah, the white filling bonds to the tooth. It needs to be dry. It's going to take a little bit longer when we build it little by little. If yeah. we just went to them straight away and they were like, no way I'm having a silver tooth. Do it in what? Yeah, I want a white one. And yes. Because the, you're just wasting yeah. the patient's or, time. Or then you get the opposite. Them. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to pay for a white one. Yeah, and they say if it's, it's at the back. Yeah, I yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 understanding the patient. And obviously, yeah, as I said, it's it's be mm-hmm. giving this information, but giving it at the right time as well. And you said it really nicely in terms yeah. of just giving a, a brief it's, little bit at the beginning and two options usually. Yes. And then from there, gauging the mm-hmm. weather out. Because then, like, then I feel like then that's the thing that nips supervise neglect in the, in the bud because you're you're giving all the options the patient's able to you're able to then assess whether the patients if you haven't assessed already you should be assessing obviously throughout the whole appointment and you will be but uh, once you're really on top of your game but then you, you can get an inclination of where they're leaning towards and then start to give them more information on the relevant things you, you can you physically cannot sit there with a patient in a 15 to 30 minute NHS exam and explain all the different options of restoring the tooth with a direct or indirect method, you can't. You really no. can't. And it really just like, you just end up in this spiel and then you're in your head, you're like, God, I've been talking for a while. Like this patient's kind of looking like at the wall and stuff. My nurse is already yawning. She's already left the room, you know? So it's such a, it's such a big skill to get. And that's why I always say like, you're gonna learn so much from just doing your exams. And the exams are an important part because that's all the patient cares about. Once you get mm-hmm. the work done, if you've talked to them properly, the tooth is just the tooth now, and they're just sitting there with their mouth open. Uh, that's not going to be pleasant, no matter what you do. You can make it more unpleasant. You can sorry, you can make it less unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's never the part that they're invested in. Of course, hundred percent. And I guess the other thing is, is just I, I mean, it's it's it's. I think after Christmas, the you have we have less study days anyway on my scheme, and I think the yes the ex- and the excitement of being in practice and dentistry I guess is is kind of a little bit less so than it was and it the novelty's it, gone the novelty's gone and all these some of these exciting things so I think it's just for me I've been trying to find the in, in trying to enjoy the process a bit more not always be looking ahead yes. and all these little things it's yes. just you know even the little wins if I've got mm. a patient who's really thankful if I've got even just having a, a nice patient walk through the door if I've done a little mm-hmm. bit of work even if it's not a, a beautiful onlay prep or a composite if i've you know got this person out of pain taken the tooth out if you've you know made this patient happy then enjoying that um so yeah that that's that's also been one for me because i think i think what's what's i'm not looking forward to and that if i do stay on the nhs next year is is and i, I don't think mm-hmm. i'm not saying dentists do this but he's kind of seeing 
a patient as a as a kind of barrier to UDA because I mean as an FD I get a lot of um, a lot of patients who have um, a lot of dental problems like severe you know perio caries and nodes of tooth and they're given to me as an FD because the other dentists aren't going to spend. 10 appointments doing fill-ins or whatever, five appointments doing fill-ins for however many UDAs yeah. that will end up being. But they are some of the, my most rewarding cases this year because, you know, I, these people come in, so. they're, they're kind of at the bottom, grateful, most grateful. They're so, like, you know, they're, they're, you know, you can kind of tell they've had a hard life, that life's messed up. They're so embarrassed of the teeth. Yes. They're really struggling. And, you know, for me, I, I feel so happy just that I've got the time to to sit with them to understand them and to kind of give them a bit of hope and say like if you're happy to come to turn up to your appointments i'm happy to see you for as long as and um as many appointments as it's necessary to get you back to health and that's nice you know to me it doesn't it it doesn't matter obviously this year because i'm fd i'm salaried and Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter but i also next year wouldn't want that to to kind of for me to look at a patient and go, oh, that's a lot of work. I, I don't want to treat them. But that is also kind of how life works and you've got to make money. So yeah, that's just something that I'm really enjoying this year but, that but I think- But this is also a- mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you go ahead. It's, it. whereas there's a frame of mind that you have to have to avoid that is is, is unquestionable. You know, you do, you do need to, hold your ethics about you and enjoy the place you're working at and, and try not to think like that. But I really don't want to sugarcoat that the fact there is a massive issue with the UDA system. Mm-hmm. There's a huge issue with the NHS contract, which itself needs to be fixed to f- to fix that that, that narrative because mm-hmm. it's, it's the sole cause of it. It shouldn't be a system where the conventional thought is that I have to make my UDA, I have to make my targets, I have to see this is my ideal patient. It yeah. shouldn't be that system. It yeah. should be for the bad dentist to think like that, but even the good dentists are having to think that, that to, to make a living for themselves. So so it, it's so multifaceted and, and that's something that was good to talk to um, Teletalk's teeth about because it was nice to see that he went straight into private practice and didn't have to deal with that and was able to give longer appointments and feel more rewarded with the work that he is providing. Yeah, no, it's, 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 yeah, it's a really, it's a really, it's a really difficult one. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, and I'll give a shout out here to the, um, the BAPD podcast. I don't know if you've seen that one on Instagram, uh, like being advertised. I've seen it on Instagram. I've not managed to, to listen. So yeah, it's with Rachel Darby and Simon Thackeray. Um, and they so they do a really good job of kind of of talking about private dentistry nhs dentistry the future mm. of it how they see i mean i know i'm sure you've seen mm-hmm. some of the um was it the nuffield report that came out saying like the nhs dentistry is 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 kind of it was done basically like there's there's yeah there's not a lot left and they they i think you yeah. know they speak to lots of different groups and they you know they're even saying the, the government just doesn't have any money to to fund NHS dentistry and what they they see they don't see much change for the year ahead as 2024 no. 
Um, and, and the only thing they really do see is it being reduced down long term um, because of the budget, because yeah. the, the government just don't want to spend the money on mm -hmm. dentistry, is to, for it to be reduced down to a core emergency service. And that, that's the only direction they could see NHS dentistry going in, which is, which is very sad. Yeah. Um, it is, and it's and it's it's topical every day. But even today, uh, I I follow the BDA and, mm -hmm. and Eddie Crouch and all. I'm trying to sort of I've really taken a step to be a lot more politically knowledgeable because I I grew up being scared of politics because back in yeah. Northern Ireland, <laughs> for those of you who don't know Northern Irish history, uh, it it could be a sticky one. It was it, it wasn't that bad, but I just felt like it was easier to avoid it, which I regret. So, but it's topical. We're talking about this as well because today, um, the the talks are uh, within the EU regulations to ban. Um, it's not a, a European Parliament, mm -hmm. and we're speaking about just completely banning amalgam flat out, mm -hmm. which yeah. obviously amalgam has its environmental impacts. It has patient connotations on it, but we're struggling with a system that's giving us no time to deal with patients we have no substitute for a material that is absolutely has a place in dentistry right now i'm all for finding a new material to replace it but you don't have a material to place it so not only not the restrictions are getting worse and we're taking away this material which let's be honest is the flagship of nhs dentistry yeah. is it not that yeah, is, when I think, you think NHS dentistry, you're thinking silver fillings. Yeah, definitely. I think it was a stat at 80 to 90% of posterior restorations in this country. Something I read, maybe not. But yeah, as far as I'm aware, that, wow. that, um, that legislation is going to apply to obviously EU countries because of Brexit. Yeah. We're not going to be fully applied to that. But the, I think it is going to affect Northern Ireland, as far as I'm aware. And they were, they were kind of suggesting that, obviously, if the use of amalgam within the EU and possibly within the world, I don't know worldwide how much amalgam is used these mm. days, if it is reduced, then obviously if the demand decreases, then less companies are going to be making it. It's going to be more expensive yeah, right. to export and basically it will result in basically the uk not being able to use it because it's going to be so difficult to find yeah. and so difficult to bring into the yeah. country um which yeah yeah which again brings a whole load of its own problems and even in my practice we were talking about that at lunch today and you know we were kind of saying what's the option it's basically to gi everything but it's it that's still you still need and that's something i kind of took for granted is um at uni, I didn't use a hell of a lot of glassoma. I didn't use a hell of a lot of amalgam. I pretty much decomposed no, for restoration under rubber dam. Mm. I, I took a uni. I thought, what is that? What is the, actually the point of GI? I didn't actually like. I was like, <laughs> what's it used for? But I agree. in practice, I, I, I use mm -hmm. it a hell of a lot more. Um, but you, yes. you need for for G, for glassoma to work, hand mix or whatever RMGIC, it needs to be dry, and not every patient you can get a dry field. You know, if you're doing a class two, there's blood no. everywhere and it's not dry and you yeah. can't get moisture control. It's it's not going to stay in. There was, I was, there was a GIC I was doing a very early in FD and I didn't dry the cavity properly and I was trying to get bastard yeah. gi to stick and it just wouldn't stick and i and my nurse yes. like tapped me on the shoulder yeah. turned around wrote on a bit of paper said dry it off properly put cotton wool like dry it off properly just on a bit of paper and said do it again and i dried it off properly and obviously it, it stayed in because i hadn't used gi yeah. that much i didn't i thought yeah. oh gi yeah moisture doesn't I know. matter and you told in dental um, school that like, it's more exactly and i'll exactly. just you know it'll just go in and then it was just like slipping all over the place and i was like oh okay it, like you really do yeah need, 
control of, uh, you know, it doesn't no, matter like we, composite if it's, you know, a bit, but yeah. Yeah. We overestimate the moisture resistance of GI and we underestimate the moisture resistance of amalgam. Uh-huh. Amalgam, literally, you can place on the water. It was used for the original apisectomies. It's still used because you can fl- you can do your cavity prep underwater and pack in a, an yeah. amalgam. And obviously, then, when in, in relation to NHS dentistry, the time that you save on the setting, the mixing, material cost, it's the only viable way to keep it alive. And you were right, actually, it is Northern Ireland as well. I'm sort of still looking to see the sort of how prevalent it is in the uk but it, absolutely everything you said there so um god I, you know so this that's another thing this year I, I i was gonna bring up twice because you were talking about sort of being oh, i can't remember exactly what you said but you were saying about sort of being more mindful of what you're doing who you're treating be, get those little wins of of the um, people who come out happy and things like that so I'm trying to dissociate from work a lot mm-hmm. that doesn't mean sort of taking my work home and actually you know doing these papers I want to present and things like that but just just you know not talking about teeth the whole time not making it my personality mm-hmm. and um, and then the second thing part of my resolution as well for this new year is uh, being a bit more a bit, a bit more glued in, you know. I think, I think for the most of my life, with most political causes, um, I thought ignorance was bliss, mm-hmm. and I just want to be more glued in right now. And it's nice to know what's going on in the world around you. And I really think, especially as young dentists, a lot of us need to actually get into the political side of things because we're, we need to shape our own future here. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I want to get involved with. But with my future plans, I don't think I can get involved with it too soon. But I can brush up, I can learn, and I'm going to be experiencing a lot of different areas of dentistry in different places in the world, hopefully. And I can't wait to have that as my backing to be like, look, this is what dentistry should be. Uh-huh. This is the shit that we're getting shoveled. Yeah, definitely. And on that point, uh, so. um, on the on the BAPD podcast, they spoke about, um, yeah. there was, I can't remember exactly what it was, but the GDC were asking for... Um, some kind of feedback or survey that they were giving to the dental professionals, yeah. obviously anyone or anyone signed up who has a GDC number and they, uh-huh. you have a get, so I, I can't remember, I think they said there's maybe 18,000, oh no, there must be more than that. Some, maybe, let's say there was 18,000 active registrants on the GDC, but I, I, maybe I've made that figure up, but just have a guess how mm-hmm. many, how many respondents they had for this survey. How many? Uh, oh, I bet it's something stupid. I'm going to say, God, you know what? This is going to be embarrassing because I got that email and <laughs> I didn't do it. It's going to be, okay, I'm going to say, so this is everybody with a GDC registration. As, as far as I remember, it was something like that. And I, I, I might have botched it completely. I want to but... say highball. I want to say 10,000. I think it was about, from what I remember the podcast, it was 34. What thousand? No, thirty-four people, thirty-four respondents. Four people. Yeah. So, and what they were saying, and obviously, I think they had Simon Fakri on, and they had uh, Kevin Rose as a guest, and Rachel Darby, and they were saying like, obviously, there's a lot of kind of upset about the NHS contract. There's a lot of angst about the future of dentistry in the UK, but there isn't. And obviously, the GDC do not have a good reputation um, for anyone, um, but there isn't a lot of actual. And you were saying kind of getting glued in. 
there's not actually a lot of people who are kind of getting out there and trying to really do anything about it apart yeah. from apart from complaining. No, Simon was saying well. Simon was saying like I'm I don't I can't know how old he is, but I'm coming towards the end of my career in the next few years. So all this stuff that, you know, I'm kinda of doing, it's 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 I've you know, I was in dentistry for the for the good times where, you know, you yes. it was paper item and, you know, everyone was driving yeah. Rolls Royce and, you know, Mercedes and all <laughs> this, but the, all of these things are gonna impact you guys' career and there isn't really a a, mm. uh, a kind of active kind of, of apart from the BDA who kind of get um, fairly maligned yes. as well for in a lot of ways um, yeah. aren't, aren't really getting involved so that that was a that was another interesting interesting thing just because if you brought it up well, about getting that's, more kind of insane I need to see involved. I need to be on top of it I think it's I don't know what it is you know I look at it and I usually think like nothing's going to change you know I think like, that's no, it and, and I, I think basically from the respondents the, to the, the, the GDC's resp- response whatever it was is people actually, uh, we, we, we told me like there was nothing they could do about it like whatever they were asking in the end yes. whatever anyone said made no difference and they were kind of saying well that was probably why no one yes. responded because they felt like um, there was no difference yeah. that could be made but we have to, you know, I hate that because like, especially with the junior strikes that are happening at the moment and I'm very pro, I'm pro anybody who strikes, to be honest, who takes industrial action. I don't know if that's a, you know, rogue thing to say because <laughs> I, I want to, I'm more biased towards them because it's such, so easy to make the narrative of they don't want to work or that, or the government loves, you know, demonizing them, especially these junior doctors mm-hmm. and even in the hospital, you know, I'm hearing some high up people that are disagreeing with them saying, oh, they have to, you know, work in the shift, you know, and then the money will come and stuff. It's like, no, you don't. You have to get paid for what you deserve, what you, what the, uh, you should be compensated for the effort that you're putting in and the effort that they put in is obviously on a physical and emotional level is, is insane. So, and the fact that you get paid pennies is ridiculous. So, I, I, I hate, people that say like what's the point of striking anyway like nothing's going to change well of course like what what good has that said like of course nothing's going to change if you don't do anything uh-huh. and yet you're berating people who do are doing something for it so so i don't want to be that person and i want to try and i want to try and push for myself and for my peers around me to be more involved and shape our future more because I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, if this keeps going easily in our own career, NHS dentistry is going down the toilet. We won't have it. The first mm-hmm. thing to buckle, to, not to buckle, buckled already, but the first thing to be lost with the fall of NHS is NHS dentistry. And that is uh, not a wild statement to me. It's absolutely obvious that that's already what's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's just resulting in millions and millions of people in the UK not being able to see a dentist, not being able to afford oh, to see a dentist, just yeah. decay, uh, pain, to ripping their own teeth out, and that that problem just just you know uh, increases yeah. by, by just, many many magnitudes. Blood and boil that, a few our, weeks ago. That's our profession, isn't it? It is, it is, exactly. But it makes my blood boil because, you know, the, again, the BDA and Instagram are always sort of posting these things just to show the state of dentistry to the public and why we're lobbying for, for more support from the government, for any support from the freaking government. <laughs> and and there was this one of this, this kid that uh, I think he was 18. 
uh, got hospitalized for a dental abscess, which if you start doing max backs is like one of your bread and butter, you know, you'll probably easily see um, three cases plus a week uh, of that. It's probably way more, to be honest. I, I'm not in max backs, but I, I, that's how many I hear a week mm-hmm. or I see that have came to, um, you know, back from there for me to actually sort out the teeth after the infection's gotten sort of... Um, stabilized by the hospital team and and all the comments like lots of them were like i'm a dental nurse and like you know you should be putting your money you know here this is irresponsible that they're all putting the earnest on the patient and i'm just thinking like maybe you saw what i was doing at 18 there's no way i i as a person who was striving to do dentistry was prioritizing teeth like you should have the ability to see the mistakes you know they should have never gotten to that point it's not his fault it's not a patient you can never blame a patient there's patient factors that are absolutely there and contributed massively to the cause but when you start pointing fingers pointing the blame you've you've lost the the aim of the Mm -hmm. game the aim of the game isn't to do that it's to help it's to to educate to to prevent these things but what's education going to do when this this kid wasn't even gonna you know be able to find anyone why should he have you know i'm very much i'm we've nhs is an amazing thing it's a fantastic system to have and i absolutely believe everybody has the right to receive free health care i also believe everybody has the right to seek private health care but there has to be an option on the nhs there and it's it's not available within wales it's not as bad mm. as england and there's a three-year national waiting list right now and it's n- and that's not as bad as england i'm taking teeth out left right and center because i go in there i have a chat i already know that they don't have a dentist so i just say oh you don't have a dentist right and like yeah no I, i've kind of been trying for years so to, to see online again like blame being put the wrong way it's like what are you doing blame the people who are responsible blame the government blame the lack of support yeah. you get I, I with my hands up with the people i talk to not as much but you get people blaming then dentists saying they're greeting going for money privately it's like well, we, we didn't get into this for charity we got into this to help people and you cannot help people on the nhs you want to rip your hair out you get no money you get no quality of life and you get the most dissatisfying treatment you can for your patients unless you take a big hit financially and mm-hmm. you're able to. It's just, yeah. oh, it's, it's something that, you know what? Before, I would have avoided talking about this because I'm literally getting heated <laughs> up. And yeah. But this is the problem. I think we don't talk about it. 100%, mate. No, that's really beautifully said. And I guess it's the whole thing of kind of individual responsibility versus kind of sustainability systemic yes. and kind of these these much bigger issues and these bigger companies and um agencies and the government themselves and it's it's interesting because i've been um listening to some videos about uh, ultra processed foods recently um and mm-hmm. kind of people the basically you can i can really you can get into it a lot but basically that you know the food companies themselves like to and the general in society like to put the uh, impetus so say someone's overweight is like it's their fault there's individual responsibility mm. on that person but actually there's hell of a lot that the government yeah. can do um to reduce the amount of exactly. processed foods and it's all these ma- these big food companies that that um market really well and get into the, the stores mm-hmm. and get into people's cupboards and mm-hmm. cause obesity and add sugar to foods and you know all these hidden chemicals which are no good for us 
And yes. this scientist who's done a lot of work in this area has basically found, and he thinks that individual responsibility just doesn't work in that way because these people have no control. Yes. The, the addicted or whatever it is, and it's it's up to the government and these multinational corporations who mm-hmm. all are bothered about is increasing the amount of money in their pocket to to, make, to make these changes. And it's the the, the same in dentistry. Yeah. You can't you know blame an individual for a system that's failing them and failing everyone. So I just saw some yes. some parallels there, definitely. But yeah, really but well said. That's a, yeah, it is massively, and again, it it it's a narrative that is so widely spread in the population mm-hmm. to that this, blame, this person like said, eats, eats too much it's the fat you know they sit on their arse all day they're not doing day. any exercise you know it's their fault yeah. every day you hear that but like you said we're, we're distracting from the real issue which is a lack of support from government mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Right. And I know you want to lighten the mood because you told me that you're you're enjoying practice and you're really enjoying yeah, your time, time about in private. That. So uh, let's yeah, let's touch so... on that. How how have you been finding uh, your? Is it once every two weeks, isn't it? Uh, yes. No. No. Uh, once no. every week. But yes. Sorry, and I also saw. That's the um, same thing. Uh, yes. I also saw. Has Jerry joined you at the practice? Yeah, Jerry's yeah. Jerry's Aww. joy. Jerry, first of all, is popping off on Instagram now. Yeah. Like her her reels and stuff are so funny now, uh-huh. and um and they're so good. I'm glad she's really like sort of blew up, and uh, she just got her wisdom tooth out today, which yes. she's got a good reel about, which yeah, I'm I gutted. I, I wasn't in the room for one of the other Aww. DCDs got to, but um if she gets if she gets any other whizzies out, then then I'm gonna make sure that I'm there just to yes. scream nightmare in her face <laughs> <laughs> while she's sedated. But, <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, so so last week was our first week working together in the same practice, oh. and it was really nice. Just like we didn't talk obviously because we're in different rooms, sure. But and, and and we work half the day, you know. So I didn't see her the whole day, but it was ah. so nice just knowing that I wasn't the only person here. It, was, it just felt nice. Like I felt like I was doing something with my friend. It was great, and um, and something's just switched in me at the moment. Typically, whenever, especially in FD, when I had a really hard case, so a tooth that I'm like that, that's going to be really hard filling. It's going to be hard to get that amalgam out. It's going to be hard to chase that carries out, and it's going to be really hard to try and save it. And I always say these things to the patient, and my consent is gold because I'm mm-hmm. so scared and I do <laughs> defensive dentistry so much, you know. Yeah. So this patient literally came in after the whole day. I saw him before Christmas and he, and he came in last week. It must've been last uh, two weeks ago, whenever I was working, whatever it was. And, um, I said, hi, obviously all day and stuff is, yeah, yeah. I was like, so you, I always check. It's like, so you know what you're in here for today? Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, this tooth you want to fill. I think you've already said, if you can't fill it, then we'll just take it out. Um, and I said, yes, good. I'm glad I said that. So <laughs> it just, I had the confidence to go for it. Like really make sure that that, periphery is is caries free no matter how low that margin goes because if you haven't removed the caries in your peripheries it's never going to stop exactly what's the point and i've learned that and i've seen that in my fd my tutor always said that you see them three months six months after you're doing an endo or you're extracting Mm -hmm. yeah so so i've got my caries die out i'm going for it and for what and it, and it was tough and, and in the end it wasn't restorable so uh-huh. I just patched it up and said when this gets you you know said everything I said what I did said what I saw mm-hmm. and I patched it up and said when this gives you a problem it's better we take it out because I'd, unless by then I do loads of restorative and learn how to do some super deep margin <laughs> I ain't saving that so um, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. literally. And and this this guy was this patient was lovely and and very understanding from the start. Um, and um, but my big thing I noticed during it is when I'm str- like actually like in the process and it's a difficult situation i'd be stressing beforehand mm-hmm. whereas this time i was actually enjoying it i was enjoying the puzzle you know figuring out how to make this work and 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 it's and it didn't work in the end technically uh-huh. i did the best i could you know i did my sort of the ceiling with uh you know gic at the margin because it's a little bit less moisture sensitive and because that band wasn't getting further down and anyway so i did the best i could uh, technically i didn't get the outcome that i wanted and, and in the past i'd see that as a fail and you can still call that a fail but i really enjoyed trying and and i think i think it's two things i think first of all I'm always very skeptical, and I and I, I talk about this on the podcast a lot. I think to to make a decision of how I feel about something when I'm at a low, mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm in a trough, and and last year, and and I said every time DFT, I was in a really bad place, a really a really tough place, and I find it really scary, and I was having having a lot of anxiety during my treatments. But I still tried to, when, when people ask me, what do you want to do? I always say, oh, look, I, I like hospital a lot, I think. So I want to see how I enjoy that. And sure. But, you know, and see how that goes to see if there is a future for me in, in practice still or not. And then I go into DCT and things are starting to get way better in my life. And I'm enjoying life. I'm learning loads. And I'm happier. And I'm still kind of like, oh, I don't want to root it out yet, you know. And then. I started my first few weekends in in practice and I'm on my own. I'm seeing private patients, a lot of scary changes. So, again, I didn't want to make a decision. And then this weekend was the first time where I think I've had enough time out of I've changed my frame of mind to be positive now through time and through effort and therapy. (laughs) And I'm in such a good place. I've became so much more confident in dentistry just through Uh oral surgery and and emergency dental care and it felt like the the shackles were almost off me that weekend and i hope when i go into restorative and when i go into to practice um uh into private practice more and whatever i do in the future i hope that continues because it was nice It, it felt like it was a big relief for me to know that actually if again things happen and I do want to stay in practice I will enjoy that that option is there I just need the environment I need the frame of mind and it felt like I wasn't closing a door and for some mm-hmm. reason closing doors for me really scares me uh-huh. because I feel like I've, I've lost a lot of options that I don't want to lose yeah no but that that's um no it's really really lovely to hear mate and um yeah I think I think I think I guess you probably will I, I don't know you're probably always going to reach this point I think just um, because because of experience and obviously DCT has given you so much more confidence I think yes. just in case things go wrong you know you know you can pull it out the bag yes. you can do the extraction whatever but I think yeah. just time in dentistry you you are over time you're going to feel more comfortable and you're going to get used to seeing all these situations and even I've found that from the start of DFT to now so all the worrying that we do externally yes. and always oh, am I doing the right blah, 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 oh no yeah. like it's 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 crazy and I think that the one thing you know appreciate you're only a, you're a year ahead of me in your career which is basically nothing but like yeah, again 100%. I was I was shadowing my my ES 
doing a veneer today because I had a cancellation or I finished the mm-hmm. patient early. And he was like, have you done a veneer yet? And I was mm-hmm. like, no. <laughs> and like, and like, there's so many <laughs> different... Yeah, same, like, I haven't still. Yeah, and like, and he was like... Imagine that, that's mad, isn't it? I haven't done a veneer yet. Yeah, but, but and he was like, what do they do in dental school these days? And I was like, but like, you know, but like, there's... <laughs> yeah, <but> closed, <laughs> there's COVID. <laughs> yeah, so, but there's all these I'm like... I'm not doing veneers, I always smile makeovers. <laughs> <laughs> but there's all these like you know um these like tiny bits of dentistry like tomorrow i've got a, a resin monday bridge and I, I did one at dental school which is good and to be fair you can't i don't think you can mess up an rbb too much because it's very minor prep unless you're like a you know prep right into dentine yeah um well but like, <laughs> i always tell people i've done one resin retained bridge but i've done it six times <laughs> but that's you know and the occlusion and i'm gonna have to have a look at that but like all these little things which you know, <laughs> we should do more of in dental school. We should do so much more clinical experience. And, yeah, and just like, even for me, like cementing a crown, I still feel like, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, but I'm just not, you just don't do enough when you come out and there's little things where you're like, I should have yeah. been done this or I should have been taught this or whatever Yeah, um, you know, in, in the five one years. Thing, and, I was just going to say, one of the things I thought could could help that is restorative, right? Everybody knows if you if you refer a patient into restorative, they're gonna they're gonna get declined, like unless it's for cancer or like full like blown like bad trauma, mm. they just reject everything. Even internally in the hospital, all my things get rejected. Whereas if you could, if they could see, which they can, if they can look at the referral, which they do, which is why when they reject it, and say that actually this is like not worth our time. But what if they could signpost it to students? But look, here's a resident retained bridge you can do. It's tricky for mm-hmm. this, but you'll have someone on hand to help you with that. Or they'll give their input on what to do. Then we could actually, you know, like how many times are you are you going to do that? You need to practice the tricky stuff so that you're not doing it for the first time in practice. Because even through your FD, you might not get that opportunity. But you're getting mm-hmm. all these patients in in hospital. If you can cherry pick a few to send to the students to, to do specific treatments then like that would help so much 100 mm, it's, it's a really difficult system and and something again they were they were talking about um on the bapd podcast is talking about the gdc being you know they're they're there to represent patient safety and represent patients interests and the thing that um will you know they were kind of saying will further patient safety and patients interest the most is ensuring that dental training and new grads are, yep, you know, fully qualified and fully experienced, and that the, there is enough, yeah, um, you know, there's enough experience that goes through at dental school, and you know, the 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 mm-hmm. they're focusing on lots of other things. But again, it's that kind of systemic issue that, you know, a lot of people are coming out with, with very very little um, experience of things, and experience. it's it's it's, you know, that FD FD year is. FDE is there for you to, to get the experience and DCT if you go down that route. But it, it is. It, it, it and is it's a great year for yeah. experience. It's just definitely, uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting. I can't even remember how we got into that conversation. I don't know. I'm blacking out here. Yeah. I'm still trying to catch up on sleep since New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, Cena messaged me at like, I think it was like half twelve one one evening, which probably, to be fair, I mean it's probably not that late for, for some of you, but I tend to get to bed at like ten ten thirty, 
if Mate, I can. F- yeah, FD, same. 10.30, like, that's my cutoff. Yeah. If I went a minute after 10.30, I'm dead the next day. In, mm. F- in FD, DFT, yeah, DFT, 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 is different. You know, I, I can yeah. be a bit sleepy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the only thing for, for DFT I'm finding, as I said, with the less study days, is none of the associates in my practice are, are five days, and... You know, you understand why, and I've actually not done a yeah. five-day week. And when you don't know what you're Christmas. doing, you're using a lot more energy. <laughs> um, but it's just—it felt like a, it feels like I have, and even next year, I'm thinking, you know, uh, yeah, definitely. I don't yeah, think there's no way that. I'm doing five days. Yeah, there's no <laughs> way I'm doing five days because yeah, yeah. you know, it's just there's, there's so much more to. I know you were saying like dissociating with work. There's so much more to life yeah. than than work so and sitting much. in a sitting in a room all day. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. we're very fortunate to be in a, in a yeah. and obviously even with the cost of living and everything, it's still not easy. But we're fortunate to be in a yeah. in a role where you could do four days a week. You'd probably even do three days a week. Um, maybe not on Already, the NHS probably, if you're yeah. if you're if taking you, it slow, yes, but yeah. definitely privately. Um yeah. and have a fairly you know, you're not gonna be a millionaire, but you have a fairly comfortable quality of life and um mm-hmm. yeah, just five five days a week or even four days is is, is a lot. But uh, we, keep not a bit <laughs> <laughs> we keep on going through it. We keep on going through it. Um yeah, any anything else you want to talk about? Any other topics? No, mate, that was nice. I think um, didn't didn't know I was gonna go on a tangent on uh, about NHS dentistry, but it's it's so relevant, it's so topical, and I'm glad we did because I think it's good to start talking about it. I think the worst thing we can do is just not talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're allowed to have your own opinions on it. Um, it's quite a safe thing to have an opinion on because your opinion should just be NHS dentistry is underfunded and it's crap. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's not going to be a hot take, but we need to talk about it more, especially if that's saying 34 of us replied to what we think about the situation. The situation is very dire then. And also we need to lift our boots up a little bit as well and just scream at people. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. It was, yeah, it was a really nice discussion. And, um, I just, I just want to give it, if anyone's listening, if you listen to the end, firstly, thank you. Uh, but go and listen to that um, the BAPD podcast there's one with Kevin Rose who's like a communication expert and it's not all that like grimy like um, mm. uh, even ethical sales it's not it's, it it's more of like a a, a, a kind of idea of how to approach um, mm-hmm. people um, that you treat and basically it's you know talking about understanding the people and I think he, he could bring some really nice ideas up in that and also they have they have some podcasts on Smart Direct Club um, and how that was kind of managed and you know highlights a few uh, why the GDC kind of weren't involved in that were able to be involved or the CQC um, mm. you know so they're quite um, some of the the, the <laughs> things they say are quite outrageous I think I definitely at my our stage of our career be very scared to say some of the things they say about these big uh, companies <laughs> and, and whatever these big yeah uh, you gotta agencies. wait till you're older because <laughs> um, they're you know they're so outlandish it's, it's really funny actually um, so go, yeah, go and listen I'll to be that. watching that um, and I think Rachel's I think Rachel's Northern Irish as well. Do you know Rachel? Rachel Darby. I know a few Rachels in dentistry. She's president of the BAPD. Uh, no. Um, so. But yeah, but yeah. So yeah, definitely listen to that because it's uh, I've I've found them either just quite insightful. Simon's a very funny character as well. Um, hmm. 
and yeah, I just enjoyed them. And they're always quite insightful to, to the wider world around dentistry. They're not particularly like uh, like jazz where it's all like um, clinically based and not all clinically based. It's a bit more mm. politically politic side and all these all these big things that you don't really think about. Um, but they have a bit of an insight into. So yeah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Right, I think we will uh, we'll call it an evening. So thank you so much for listening. Um, and we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.